HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Visit Ithaca. Ithaca, New York boasts an authentic craft beverage experience, tasty farm-to-table culinary adventures, and scenic outdoor recreation among 150 waterfalls. Plan your trip today with help from visitithaca.com. Hey, this is Hannah, HRN's program manager. It's HRN's 10th anniversary and now our summer fun drive. So show your support for independent, revolutionary, entertaining food radio by becoming a monthly recurring donor. HRN is powered by a passionate community of thoughtful eaters, and we need each and every one of you to show your support so that we can keep bringing you your favorite food podcasts. It takes a village, and every dollar donated, every listener tuning in is essential to our continued success. So set up a donation for $10 every month. You'll show us that you want to be a part of a bright future for HRN. And you'll get one of our brand new limited edition Pizza Pocket t-shirts. So snag your new favorite tea and show us some love, all for the price of about two fancy lattes each month. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate today. And thank you. Hello, and welcome to Snacky Tunes. I am one half of your host, Darren Bresnitz. I'm the other half of your host, Greg Bresnitz. And here we are with episode 400. I can't believe, you can't see it, but we're shaking hands. The culmination of two dudes or one dude with different personalities talking to each other over 400 plus hours. It's crazy. I want to thank everyone who's helped us really make this possible. Patrick, Jack, Jeet. Aaron. Aaron. Katie. Katie. The whole HRN family. Big shout out to the third Snacky Tunes dude, Kong Fan. We couldn't be doing this without you. Shout out to mom and dad. It's crazy to be here. It's really crazy to be here. And thank you to all the guests. To all the guests who've made time to be part of this weird little side hobby. To all the bands who's come and played. To all the people who's come into the shipping container who has let us into their kitchens, or who's just made half an hour, an hour to sit down and talk with us. It really, I never thought that this would happen. No. And what do we have today for today's special episode? Today's a very special episode. So back in January, we were at the Cayman Cookout, and we sat down with the one, the only, the legendary, the prolific, Dominique Crenn. Chef Dominique Crenn. And we've been sitting on this episode, figuring out a time to run it, when we saw the announcement that she had been diagnosed with breast cancer. 
and we thought that we would share her beautiful words on food and poetry and family and life and life. It truly is absolutely inspirational. So we dedicate this episode to her. We are sending our best well wishes to her. We're sending all the love and all the fight. Yes. So, Chef, we're in your corner. And for our musical guest, we're going to go back, 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 back to the band that essentially changed the show. The show, Freelance Wales. We saw them busking, we saw them play upstairs at pianos, and we thought, hmm, maybe bands would be more interesting than us having DJs come and play 17 minute sets. So, we asked them to come in, we cleared out the entire studio, we laid down five songs, and we went, sounds pretty good. Change the direction of the show forever. So thank you so much. And they also recorded their own version of the theme song. Which we'll play at the end. Which we'll play at the end. Which we'll play at the end. So thank you to all 400 people who have sat back, relaxed, and enjoyed Snacky Tunes on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We talk about food. We talk about music. With musical dudes. Finger on the pulse.
Hello and welcome to Snacky Tunes. I am one half your host, Darren Bresnitz. I am one half your host, Greg Bresnitz, and we are coming to you from the Cayman Cookout. Nice place. Nice you place. Like it? Yeah. I mean, if you're into like Chef you, Dominique Cran will introduce hi, you. I'm then. dumb. Hi, Dom. <laughs> it's like if you like nice islands at the Ritz Carlton, then yeah, it's you know, yeah, yeah. it's nice. Um, we just watched you give a very educational and very uh, wonderful presentation. One of the things that you said at the end was that you want to provide inspiration for little girls. Yes. And after everything you've done and after everything you've accomplished, it almost could seem like they could not see themselves in you outside of like a biological thing. How do you go about inspiring little girls and giving them kind of like the early steps to either become a chef or just to become a powerful person or to become a, str a strong human being? You know, um, I think that what's interesting is if you look at, at everything that's happening for years, 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 when you, when I was a little girl, I mean, you want to look at someone that kind of look like you, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, for many years, uh, many centuries, it's rare, it was rare to find that, you know? I mean, you can, you know, ask a young girl right now, it's just like, uh, what do you want to do? And it's like they want they want to do this, this, and this, and they want to look up to someone. And it's, it's rare to find, you know, people. That's not a long time ago that we had the right to vote. You know, mm -hmm. so for me, it's like, hey, I'm here. This is what I achieve. Doesn't make me better than others, but you can do anything you want. You have to have like confidence, and you are a person is as much valuable than the other. Who were your role models when you were growing up? Who did you aspire to um, be? Well, I was inspired by, obviously, by my dad. Mm -hmm. um, big influence on your life. Big influence in my life, yes. And I'm here today because of, of my dad and my mom. My, my family was just very inspiring. As, you know, I was very inspired by, uh, you know, I love Simone Weil. Simone Weil was a, a politician in mm -hmm. France. Uh, she was a survivor of the Holocaust. She created... Um, she, I think she wrote the law about the abortion in France and all that, so it was very inspiring. Um, all those, you know, Colette was also very inspiring a writer to me. Uh, but like, oh, I was also inspired by men, you know, so um, I was not just focused on one thing. Um, I was more inspired by people that were doing good in the world. Mm. Yeah. I, not, nothing has to do with cooking. And, and if you were to, look, Darren just had his first baby girl. Congratulations. You, thank you. Her name's Josephine. Ah, uh, Baker. Josephine Baker, named after our grandfather Joe. Joe and Little Women, it's my wife's favorite book. So if you were strong to, name. If she were to come, you know, if she were to come to you at 5 years old or whenever she was yeah. able to think, what would be the first piece of advice that you would give to her to kind of, you know, that you could think that could guide her in in becoming or or, or growing? What I would tell her is like you are who you are. Mm -hmm. Be confident. Yes. Go to this world and just know that no one is better than you, but you're not better than them. And just go and kick some ass. Yes. And never say sorry to anyone. We've given her a bunch of the uh, like little feminist books um, of just like all these powerful women. Sure. And we just like showed her like this is you. This is great. Yes. This is you. This is you. This is you. Um, you know, watching you up on stage today, the thing that I think seems to excite you so much is food. Um, and then the responsibility that comes with it. And as food has obviously grown more into the, I mean, you've seen it in your career as well. It's, it's a mainstream, it's pop culture sure. now. How do you balance that responsibility as food becomes 
more well-known, more popular, you know, people just take photos of it and then just sort of discard it. What is your role? What do you feel is your responsibility of teaching people about food? Well, so for me, food is a language and food, food is, you know, you know, when you go to a country yeah, and then if you want to learn about the country, you go directly to the food they're cooking. That's and how we, that in the museum and the museum. Food is the core of the society. Yeah, and um, I think people need to do it with uh, balance. Um, I think that sometimes it's crazy to see all those Instagram food, food, food. I'm getting tired of it. Yeah, as a chef, I'm like, but don't don't see food anymore. But the flip side is that it does help make. I mean, Instagram is directly responsible for the rise of popularity for people becoming a. Yes, I, more than any other social yeah, yeah. platform. I, I think this is great, but I think what I'm asking, if, if, if you do that, just be responsible when you do a post. Yeah. Do what, is, what does responsible mean to you? You have to talk about it and you have to like, you know, it's like, well, I'm using this and do a story, have an argument, like get some narrative about it. You know, everything, for me, everything needs to be done with purpose. Mm. If you don't, there is no purpose, then you're not learning anything, you know. And when, when you go to a new city, when you just drop in, how do you unlock it? You know, how do you find that first meal? Well, I think often when I go to a city, I read about the city first. Mm-hmm. And I read about the story. And um, I ask also if I know people, it's like I kind of get the insight about the city. I never go to a Trini place. Okay. I don't want to go to a I want to go to, like if I go to, I'm not going to tell you where I went to New Orleans, but like I want to go to... The Jeep, you know, of the city. I you don't want to go on record? You don't want to say where you went? <laughs> New Orleans is amazing. It's one of the most yeah. amazing cities in the United States. It's great. States. And one of the greatest restaurants is, is Dookie Chase. And that's not, yeah. I mean, that's been there for forever. And yeah. then there's also Shank Charcuterie, yeah. um, which is a, a like a, almost like monk-like uh, butcher that lives above the shop and yeah, just works I mean, it's, it's incredible. Commander Palace. Is Commander great. Palace. Amazing, right? I mean, Commander Palace, which uh, my brother did not know that you needed to wear a collar... I was turned away at the door. He was turned away at the door. I love it. Yeah, I want... But Commander Palace is one of those places where you go, I don't know, I got to get dressed up. And you go there and you go, look at all this tradition, look at all this heritage. My wife and I went there for our, our anniversary, had a jazz brunch. It was incredible. I mean, it's just like, it gives you like a window into the, what the city is about, you know? Yeah. Um, but yes, I think I think people, you know, when they go somewhere, they need... It's nice to, to learn about the city. It's not to read about it. And then be curious, you know, be curious about... Wow, and just come with no expectation. So San Francisco is a microcosm of a city that's imbalanced of harmony with the food, people, art. There's also a big imbalance between wealth and poverty and things like that. That's great. Um, And it's easy to say, go to the farm, don't use plastic, things like that. uh, Until you look at the time where maybe you don't have resources. Maybe you can't make those choices. What is your best way of giving advice for people who are maybe not as privileged or maybe coming from a different part of life to find that balance when it comes to food or waste and responsibility? Well, I mean, I think everybody's connecting like, oh, it's too expensive. We can't do that. We don't have the mean. You know, I think it's about um, when, you, when you live in a community, if you bring the community together and you know like it's just like for example you go to Brooklyn yeah or you go to Harlem mm-hmm. I didn't know that Harlem had the most little garden 
mm-hmm. community garden. Yeah. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that in Detroit. Yeah, it's D- Detroit. Amazing. Yeah. It's not about money. It's about you know taking the time and understanding. You know, um, I think if we bring the community together and if you start to uh, give the knowledge and the tool, it's not about spending a lot of money. I want the world to live and to eat in a way that you don't have to break the bank. I would love that. And so how does that, is it through community? I think the community is, the, is, is it would be, this is where you start, you know. And I also think that it's a balance of, you know, what is enough. What you is know, enough. What, and I think that like that's where, you know, capitalism works really well up until a point, but then it just, you know, once you lose sight of it, it just becomes about more and more and more. It's like, hey, this is enough to live, yes. have a place, whatever it might be. I mean, for me, less is more. Yeah. Less is, less is more. And I live, I live like that. Yeah. How and do you live? I mean, what's, what's a typical... I mean, I, I, I have to tell you, I live in a, in a little house, one bedroom house for like many years, which is was 700 square feet. Mm. Okay. I just, you know, I just bought a place and I'm like, at first I'm like, oh, I'm going to look for a house and all that. And I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing? So I just got, um, I find it, I love the water. I needed to, so I, I found this like 1970 condo on the water next in Marin outside of San Francisco. Totally, when I walked in, it was just, you know, like popcorn ceiling, you know, like just. Shag carpet? Yeah. Yes. But I just, Which was kept. No. <laughs> no, rip that. Ripped out. Day one. But I'm like, I'm like, well, wow, this is great, you know, and then it's just like, so I, I did like an eight months renovation and mm. I did it on my own, like very eco, smart and all that, but like, it was just like, for me, it's less, is more, you know, and we have, I want to live this way. I'd rather spend my time, you know, helping others than just spending my time and my house when it's like a 5,000 square feet with... Things I mean, that I don't need. Things you don't need. And you can get oysters up there. Yeah. I mean. Easy. Mirren County. I mean, just walk into the water to Tomales Bay. Just yeah, I mean, for, pop that okay, for, for New Year's, what we did is like stay home. We they only move food. during New Year's now is to stay yeah, home. Yeah, get, get some oyster, open them up. I cook a little bit, watch some black and white movie. Roman Holiday and the artist. Amazing. Amazing. That's it. <laughs> amazing. You know, just looking at the water. It's amazing. It's great. So. Um, you also have a farm now, up in yes. Sonoma County, about a year, year and a half. Well, so we took over the farm. The farm was kind of a friend's, very good friend, yeah. ex-partner, family, uh, since 2012. Uh, then, I, then I decided like a year and a half ago, we need to take care of the farm. And it's just, it's all biodynamic and, and, and also organic. We have some chicken. Uh, it's a no-kill farm. Uh, and what is that for those who don't know? What does that mean? A no-kill farm where you can have animals, but you don't kill them. Mm. They're fertilize. They're live fertilizer. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and um, but when you really want a chicken, you go. Maybe it's time. Your time has come. You just wait. Just wait for them to pass on their own. No, <laughs> I hate the chicken. I, I mean, I love chicken, but I hate the chicken. No, I don't. See, I, I get a the chicken and this whole chicken <laughs> farming. It's it's tough. It's tough. It's really tough. It's tough for me to watch, to see what's going on in America and all over the world. Not at your farm, but in general. There's some good, there's some good, gone no, 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 there's some great, but like, it's gone just, straw out, right outside of LA. Yeah, it's just, they do great work. It's, it's hard, you know, like even like, you know, the pork industry also is hard, you know, to, for me to watch, you know, and especially where, you know, Britain is, it's, it's, it's also a land of like, there's a lot of pork and it's hard for me to know that, that I, 
my parents come from that area sometimes because they don't treat sometimes the animal properly. And I mean, we all, I'm not, I mean, I'm not vegetarian, I'm a carnivore, but yeah. I, I, if I eat, you know, meat or fish, I want to know that they, we have to, it's a give, you know, give, give you have to give back, you know. Uh, that, that goes back to that balance where it's like that type of stuff. It's very easy to go in a supermarket. And you can see a chicken that's $4 or $14 and you have to make that balance of like, well, maybe I can't have this every single day, but yeah. when I do have it, it's really well done. It's, it's a treat almost. And the rest of the time it's just more simple kind of balanced. Yeah, diet. for sure. Yes. I mean, it's, I mean, you know, guilty as an expert, it's hard to have that type of re restraint. Yeah. And so at the farm, we took it over. Yeah. It's no kill. What is the goal with it? Is the goal to supply your restaurant? Is it community? Oh yeah. So yes. First of all, it's it's going to supply all the restaurant, mm -hmm. which is it's doing it right now, and um, it's also a place where we have, uh, we want to bring people here to be educated. So, what does that education look like? Are you bringing up people who live in San Francisco who want to start their own farms? Um, so we have a great farmers. Yeah, we want to bring us. Uh, uh, people from San Francisco, we want to bring young, young also young uh, from school. Um, obviously, we bring the people that work with us at all the restaurants. And um, we also are implementing a, pro a program of No West. Mm. Uh, we're working with, with the farmers. We're going to start to work with this woman, which is great. Um, yeah, it's a place for everybody to come and have fun, but also to understand that there's a purpose of this farm. When you showed up to the farm, um, what was your knowledge of those programs? Did you coming in or like, and, and if you had to educate yourself, how long did it take for you to educate yourself and implement those systems? Because I think people just see the end result and they don't ever see the steps that it... Oh, this, you know, is, this is a lifetime of education. You know, yeah. my, my parents come from farmers, so I, I kind of spent a lot of time at the farm, but I don't think there was like a lot of program at the time mm -hmm. but I know that my uh, from my family a part of it that own farm they were very thoughtful about mm -hmm. a lot of stuff you know you you know every year you get to educate yourself you know you get to get just surround yourself with like we have an amazing farmers right now that know so much about it so for me it's like a school I mean I go I'm a student I go there and I ask a lot of questions you know and 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 it's interesting because you know, you can like, oh yeah, let's 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 grow that for the restaurant, and suddenly you see that maybe there is a row of like vegetables that you're not using, and you're not thinking about it. Oh, what are you gonna do with this? Right, the responsibility comes back yeah. to you to and use it. And they come back. It's like, oh wow, we can maybe give that to somebody else to use it, or we can maybe reuse it to do something. We can do fermentation. We do a lot of fermentation mm. also. So it's a, uh, it's nice. You know, education takes time. But you have to be willing to do that. And so has there been a dish at the restaurant that has evolved? Been directly inspired, directly inspired from the farm. Them. Yeah, where it's like, you're like, oh shoot, we have, you know, a thousand radishes or whatever it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it's like, is there something that you... Like, that's, we had the radishes. <laughs> yeah, we did, you know, yes. It's my favorite dish. It's a thousand radishes. <laughs> yes, it's, yes. It's yes. great. But I'm saying, is there something that you saw that where the, you went to your chefs and your... Uh, and you said, hey, we have all this extra stuff, and it actually ended up becoming uh, a signature dish or, or something that was beloved. No, well, so we, yeah, well, most of the vegetable, you know, I mean, we give them literally, especially at uh, Petit Crane, you know, which is, uh, they change the menu a lot, and they have to use it. And they have, and, and it, first of all, it's great because it, it makes you creative. Mm -hmm. And what you can do with it, you can learn, you know, like if you get like a broccoli, for mm -hmm. example, you know, Often people use just the florets, the fried, and they don't do anything with. 
I've been it's the stock. It's I, amazing. I've been doing it. I've it's, been peeling yes. it and chopping it and roasting it. It's amazing. It's right? amazing. It's del delicious. You know, you don't think about it. You have to think about this. But I mean, I think we had actually when we had the radishes. Mm. We did a we. Uh, yeah, it's always I know amazing. This is a joke, but you yes, know, yeah. we, we made some miso um, mm. months ago, and we used it, and we we use it on the radish. It was delicious, you know. So you you have to we have to think that way, you know, and it's also make us better. Mm. And also think better about what it is, you know, and oh. not be conventional about things. Awesome. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We're Why? Gonna, because we're going to come back and do part two. Oh, part two. Okay. Yes. yes. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to have a song uh, from the archives here on Snacky Tunes on Heritage Radio Network. Live from the Cayman Cookout. Live from the Cayman Cookout. Thank you, uh, Chef Repair, for bringing us all down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Uh, here we go. We are still in the Cayman Islands at the Cayman Cookout. Are we still there? Yes. Sorry, the okay. Grand Cayman Islands. Wait, yeah. The Grand Cayman Islands. Uh, we are here with Chef Dominique Crenn, who just gave an an awesome, I would say it was a demo, but also it was more of a fireside chat. 
Yes, always. Always. You, have, uh, you know, it's, food is about communicate to others. Can you imagine if I just like did the demo and like you guys didn't talk? I, How boring is that? I've seen it. Yeah. I've, I've been to enough where I go, so that guy came in for 15 minutes. That was cool, yeah. I guess. You're, you're incredibly generous with your time. Is that something for that you just know as like as a hospitality side of things? Some chefs know they just have to do it because it's part of the game, but it seems very natural to you. Yeah, I think it's important to a connection with others. For me, it's a very important, yes. No. Yes. Um, speaking of being generous with your time, uh, you have helped create and are ambassador for the Root Project. Yes. Uh, which you've taken, because I know a lot of people ask you what are you going to do outside of San Francisco, what is your, are you going to have a more restaurant, are you going to go to Vegas, and I love that you're having your restaurants in San Francisco, but your reach and your awareness and your help with the community is global. Um, for people who are not familiar with the Root Project, what is it? So Root Project um, started about uh, almost two years ago, mm -hmm. February is going to be two years. Um, Haiti is a beautiful um, country, mm -hmm. and it's been destroyed for the last... Since the hurricane. Yes. Yeah. Earthquake, hurricane, also the corruption out there, it's like, and the people out there, so my very good friend um, is Asian, and we were just talking one day, and, and we were talking about Haiti, and I've never been there, and I started to learn about it, and I'm like, oh my God, I just, I want to go out there and see what we can do out there. And then what happened, you know, did, did some research, but a lot of people, like, you know that a lot of money were supposed to go to mm -hmm. Haiti. I mean, nothing went there. Nothing went. And then what we realized that you need to go out there, meet the community and ask them really what they want. So we went to, to the mountain and, and the most beautiful things in Haiti is, there is no pesticide, by the way. Which is go on. <laughs> very trashy, but like there's a lot of trash, but there's no pesticide. In yeah. You but how that? do they do, what's their climate, or I guess, what's going on in America where it's all pesticide, all big ag, for the most part, for the gross population of food growth, how do they get away with that in Haiti, without having pesticide? Well, it's just, it's everything in the land is like, it, it can grow so many things, you know, mm. but for, mostly for coffee and chocolate, you right. know. Um, and they're trying to, to get like, but there is no pesticide, I don't know, it's just because they, don't, they can't afford maybe that, I don't know, that which is great. Yeah. But anyway, so we went up to the mountain, it was amazing. So we were like, I met those, those, those tribe, basically. And I just, you know, we, it was, we had to be very respectful, which is, was amazing. I mean, I learned so much. And then I met with uh, the top of the tribe and I was just asking questions. And I remember it was like, we don't need your money, we just want tool. Mm. And, mm. and we want to have our children go to school, we want to put food on the table, and nobody is helping us to do that. So we realized that, okay, what is, uh, what, what, what are you guys doing? It's like, so they're doing coffee, coffee is a big thing out there, and, and obviously. So it was about to give them trees to plant. And mm. Trees is very important, you know, it's also life, you know. And it was just like, you know, I think a tree costs 50 cents. But it gives so much more. It gives so much more, yeah. It gives them their livelihood, it gives them respect, yeah. it gives them a purpose. Yeah. And so how many trees have been planted and what's the goal for planting? I mean, we want to plant a million tree. And I think we, we are like, a, I think, 100,000 right now. Right. Like, and where amazing. can people go if they want to give money for trees? Well, I mean, it's interesting. It's, it's been... Been ebbs and flows? Yes. 
Yeah. But not that, not that great. Hmm. What are some of the roadblocks that come up in this? After the intentions are set, what are some of the real life challenges? I think you have to keep talking about it. Mm. And I think is there's so many things out there that um, uh, that that people want to give money to. Um, I feel that sometimes people give money to the wrong. Always. Well, Always. but not only that is that there are people who create fake charities. Yeah, and I don't like that. You know, I mean, I'm, my friend lives in Haiti, also she lives in the Cap Haitian. And it's it's hard. It's hard. It's an island that has been forgotten. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's a part of next to uh, Dominican Republic, but it's 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 a country that has been forgotten. Nobody cares about Asian, and I don't know why. It's like they are just amazing people. We need to care about them. You know, the same thing what happened in Puerto Rico. Nobody cared about what happened. No, and it's crazy that and they Jose were has done an amazing job. You know, going out there, but like. Come on, we need to care about the world. We can't be selfish to be where we are today, you know? I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's so crazy that people have a perception that like immigrants are lazy or that they don't want to work or they just That's want to forget. And it's just so not true. I mean, you know, we're second generation immigrants. You're an immigrant in America. Yes. And there are so many people and just from, especially the people in Haiti, it's like, we don't want money. We want, we want the right to work. Yes. Um, how do you feel responsible for changing that perception in America with the work that you do. And also what opportunities do you provide in your kitchens for people who are coming to either immigrants or for people who are under underserved? So the idea, so when we built this company, my idea was, as with, with my partner, was not just like opening restaurant. It was, we, we wanted to create um, uh, a place where people can, uh, can be who they want to be. We can also a place where they can learn. We, will, we give them the tools. We uh, help them to educate themselves if they want to take courses or things like that, but they can grow with us. And that's very important to us. It's not about like being the best restaurant in the world. Like, we don't care about this. We want to create this community of people feel that they are safe, but they also can learn. But and they come from all over the place. What's interesting though is that you are one of the best restaurants in the world. You are one of, the, if not the top female chef. Do you think that environment of safe space and growth directly feeds into the ability to be operating at that high of a caliber? Or do you think it's like your will that drives it? Well, so I would say that the reason where we are today because we created a culture that is pretty amazing. And when you create a great culture and you, there is great energy, those people are just, I, I, I'm my DNA and they help me, you know, to, they help the, the restaurant to be where we are. Yeah. So yes, it's because of maybe what we created that we are where we are today. So with everything that you've achieved um, and the popularity, how much do you feel rest on your shoulders? Like how much do you feel that you need to give back to the community? How much do you feel that you need to share your time with people? I mean, it's been, uh, I don't know, since I was born, I think I always thought that this is something, that's why I'm here. Is that from your dad and your mom? Yeah. As, as a new father, I'd like to know, you know, what were the lessons that um, your dad passed on to you that have guided you when there was no map or where you were just had to make the decisions on the precipice? What were the kind of intangible lessons that they taught you that gave you 
as much as you can be sure about anything, the ability to move through these complex decisions. Okay, so so if you want to know a little bit about me, so you, you all know that I was adopted, right? Yes. So I was adopted, obviously, born in France, but don't, you know, don't know where I come from, whatever. So, but I had like incredible parents that just, you know, want to teach me about the world, teach me about diversity, because obviously my brother and I were adopted, which is not my brother, but uh, it's not my blood brother, but it's my brother. So it was already this, this sitting where you hear and you have to embrace diversity. Um, they, they taught me um, to be curious. Mm-hmm. They taught me to be confident. They, ca- they, taught me, they taught me about to be also to listen to others. Uh, they taught me that um, also being aggressive is not a good way of doing things. Uh, they taught me that um, you have to uh, go out there and to learn something that we don't know. Like if you know, you live in France, you grow up in France. I grew up Catholic and all that, but doesn't mean that other community, even if different, you know place and culture or, or religion, you need to be able to understand it also. Mm. Um, so that's, that's, that's a very early age and they allow us also to travel all over the world. Openness. That was, that was a long time ago. Um, politics also was a big part of, of my upbringing and, um, and I think a very young age I was, I was just always curious, like I was always asking questions. Um, sometimes I fought, I fought with my father uh, just because about politics, about religion, about sport, whatever, you know, but like it was always... Sports were the biggest fights, But right? it's, it's, it's like, if you have children, you have to be engaged with them. Yes. Engage yourself and let them tell you things that they think and they, they see, you know. Don't tell them what you do. I mean, they obviously there is some rule. Yeah. <laughs> don't go out there like just light the fire somewhere. Yeah. Don't. But it's it's yeah. like listen to your kids, you know, because it's important because they have they gonna be their own. And if you, you know, I remember my parents told me it's like okay, then you want to go out, you want to go drink, you you want to smoke, you want to do all that. Great. There is consequences. Yeah. Consequences from them or just consequences from life? No, from life. Oh, yes. <laughs> and they tell you what it is. Yeah. I mean, life can get and should at times get messy. Yeah. And it's how you deal with that mess, cleaning up that mess. Yeah. That makes you a better person. Absolutely. But you have to make, you know, you have to, you have to go through the struggle to become a better person. But um, so it was, it was, you know. One of the other things that your dad gave you was a, a love of poetry. Yes, which I think not just poetry, art. Art and poetry. Which our parents did as well, which I didn't really deeply appreciate until I got a little bit older. Because we'd be like dragging us through museums and go, what are we doing here? Yeah, super art is super important. It's, yeah. like, it's like, you know, you are... Food and art. You gotta, food that's and what you got to do when you well, get to a city. And you can see it in the plating of your, your dishes. It's obviously not just plating. It's obviously an art, artistic aesthetic that comes from it. I was curious, which artist... Uh, speaks the most to your condition? Who, who reaches into your soul the most and, and pulls you out? Let's make it a two-part question. Who reach, which artist reaches to the happy part of your soul? And then which artist reaches to the 
tortured artist to the dark, artist, <laughs> to the dark part. Yes. Yeah. Do you see like McGree with the girl eating the bird, and you go like, yes. No, you know it's interesting. Like most artists are like a dark side. I, I know. Yeah. Side. yeah. Uh, if you look at Dali, you know Dali. Yeah. I love Dali. It's just like uh, Jean-Michel Basquiat also. Yeah. Love it. I mean, just violent and yeah, dark just, and yeah, tortured. Dark and like, uh, but I think you have to. I think when you're looking at those, it's just like. You have to look at it as, a, as you say, balance. You know, you're just trying to get into their head, but you don't want to go to that dark part of it. But you have to understand it too, um, just to get to understand. And you feel here, which is amazing. You know, I mean, I've I've cried in museum. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Just looking at, like, I'm very emotional. You know, I just like I can see, I can feel. Um, it's it's beautiful. You know, I mean, if you read a Baudelaire, uh, uh, Baudelaire, or you know. Um, I mean, Jean La Fontaine also is pretty cool, but like a lot of different, you know, poets or writers or things like that. Also, you can feel their struggle, but that's why art is about. It's about, it's not just about happiness. Mm-mm. It's about being vulnerable to the world. Mm-hmm. And the true artist is someone that is very vulnerable. So you have to bring the happiness also and the darkness out of you. Do you I- feel vulnerability in the dishes that you present? Always. And and in what in what way can you can you put words to that vulnerability? And as an addendum to that, you know, going out to eat, especially at a, a high end place, you know, you want people to enjoy and be happy and experience. Yes. But there is emotion and sometimes pain behind the dishes. How do you balance that with people who are supposed to be coming out and sort of escaping and having this meal? Well, it's I think when you create something, it's it's really up to you to just get to the final product and to make sure everything is balanced. You know, I remember in 2012, that was I think it was one of my most emotional menu. It was in the it was in the spring because a few months like a month back, I I was taking care of I, w- I went to visit uh, this uh, little girl called Hannah and she was 11 years old and she was she had leuke- leukemia. And mm. she literally passed away. And I connected with her. She was writing poetry, and I spent a lot of a few time with her. And that menu that I wrote in, in, in the spring was all about what I experienced with her. What was, what was like the most heartbreaking dish? Well, I think we, when we were like, I think I did a lot of, um, um, I think it was like a, 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 a fish dish that I did. And I remember when I walked into the hospital, it was like a big aquarium. Mm. And then she, she hold my hand and we just like look at the aquarium and look at like the fish and whatever was inside. And we were like, just thinking that it was the ocean and we were looking at the ocean. And I think when I did that dish, I was like, oh. that was that was hard for me. I mean, so many... Because you remember, you yeah. know, you remember that yeah. moment where like, you have that little hand in your in your, in your pop of hand, and it's like this this amazing little girl that's write poetry and telling you about the world, and then a few days later she's she's gone. And did your did your regulars notice the heaviness or the sadness in in the menu? It would be tough if it was a one time thing, but did did people notice the the emotional depth uh, and weight? I I don't. Or did know. your chef or did your chefs notice? Did someone pick up on it, or was it just you know? Dominique's like internal artistic well, expression. Well, what I can tell you that since we open, I can tell you that a lot of people come and just cried. Literally, they cry when when they eat some of my food. So what I what I know that this is for me. 
I'm not going to tell them too much of the story, but if they connect something and trigger something in their head when they eat, that this is, you know, the other day I was like, this lady was like eating and she's like, she cried about, you know, a dish and she's like, oh my God, this is exactly, remind, remind me when I was with my dad. It's crazy and it's beautiful. So with that beauty, with that emotion, um, with the responsibility and things like that, what's next? Like, how do you take all of that and continue to grow both in the restaurants but out in the world? Is there more charity work? Is there more uh, poetry? Is there more art? You know, is it bigger or do you bring things back in and be more focused? I think I'm trying to be more focused right now and I think I talk about charity and all that, but what I'm very passionate and about the, the planet right now and climate change. I mean, you just had a baby, right? I did. Right. Future is hers. I mean, well, I know. But I, we are responsible to make sure we set up the future, but we are in trouble right now. Yeah, it's bad. The planet is bad. And so we had to put in motion things, you know, um, that help to facilitate a better world for the, gener the generation to come. If we don't do that, we become very selfish, you know. I mean, I, I was watching the other day this young, 15 years old at the climate change in, in Europe. It's amazing. The girl was incredible. Incredible. She's like phenomenal. And I was just like... I know. I mean, I've, I've, I've been passionate about it, but like you see that the, the, the youngster know that this, this something is not right. She was so, elo she was so direct yet eloquent yeah. in her speech. It was I it think was the, the awareness... Is there. Is there. And then unfortunately there's people who are 15 and think that climate change is a joke. But you know what this is, it's, 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 we are the people, we are the one that's going to change things and we need to help the next generation to go. Some people not going to believe, whatever, you know, it's, they, there's nothing you can do about these nothing. people, but we have to do the work and the work started yesterday. Last question, because I want to know. Do you have any French poems memorized that you could recite to us that was something that your dad taught you or something that stayed with you? No. A, because French is the most beautiful language. Oh, no, you put me on this spot yes. right, right now. Yes, I, and we will I, edit out the pause. I, I mean, I, 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 if I did in front of me, I can read it, but like, it's... Then for that, then what is your, again, the poem that speaks the most to you? Les Fleurs du Mal. And why is that? It's twisted. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Chef, we can't thank you enough. It's an honor to sit down with you, talk with you. Thank you for sharing some thoughts. Thank you. Quickly, because we know that you want to make sure people come and visit you. Where can they find you? How can they follow you? How can they get a hold of a, a Well, table? I mean, if they come to San Francisco, come to see <laughs> me. We have uh, Atelier Crane, Petit Crane, Bar Crane. Just come and, and, and enjoy the city. There is amazing restaurant. There is amazing people. If you want to come and hang out at the bar crane, it's like have a glass of wine or a bite to eat, just let me know. Um, just come to, to California. It's a beautiful... Uh, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's amazing. I love it there. Yeah. And bring your own coffee cup. Yes. Bring, bring your, your own coffee cup. What about your own wine glass? You can do that. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> we have, one. We yeah. have a glass over there. Well, thank you so much. We are having another song from the archives and then a live band here on Snacky Tunes on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Live from the Cayman Cookout. Grand Cayman. Grand Cayman. Grand Cayman Islands, Cayman Cookout. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Chef. Thank you, Chef. Wait, thank you.
This episode is brought to you by Visit Ithaca. Located in New York's Finger Lakes region, Ithaca boasts an authentic craft beverage experience, tasty farm-to-table culinary adventures, and scenic outdoor recreation. As the saying goes, Ithaca is gorgeous. The city is home to 150 waterfalls and gorges sprinkled through its downtown and sloping hillsides. State parks and acres of natural lands offer outdoor recreation for every level of enthusiast. Come stroll among the cool ravines, scenic hiking trails, and natural vistas. Ithaca is home to Ivy League Cornell University and Ithaca College, resulting in an influx of new cultures, new tastes, and new energy every year. There's so much to explore, from art galleries and museums to unique attractions like the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. Ithaca sits at the heart of a blossoming heritage and craft cider industry. Some of these delicious ciders can be bought in market, but many of the most unique varieties can only be experienced with a visit to Ithaca and this great cider region. Go to visitithaca.com to get inspired and plan your trip today. Are you enjoying this podcast? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. My name is Jenna Liute, and I'm the host of Eating Matters here on HRN. Join me as I talk to food systems experts about the issues that shape our experiences of buying, cooking, and eating food. You can find Eating Matters wherever you listen to podcasts and on heritageradionetwork.org. So in studio today, you've already heard from them, we have Freelance Wales. Welcome. The f- five of you. Hey. Do you want to uh, go through and say who you are and what you do in the band? And then what you do in life? Sure. Yeah. We'll start left. Oh. Yeah. Oh, how about you, Jake? Oh, hey, I'm Jake. Um, I'm the drummer, and I'm also a freelance writer uh, in life. <laughs> uh, I'm Doris, and I play bass and harmonium and glockenspiel, and sometimes I play synth. What do you do? What do I do? This in is what my, I do. Yeah, my name is Kevin. I mostly play guitar, but I also play synths and bells and um, harmonium. Yes. And I'm recently unemployed. <laughs> Congratulations. Welcome to the ranks. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, my name is Chuck. I am also unemployed, except for this band. And um, I'm a multi-instrumentalist. Uh, kind of just play whatever needs to get played. Um, so we do a lot of switching of instruments. Um, so... You know, banjo, guitar, um, synthesizers, all all that good stuff. Hey, um, I'm Judah, and I also play banjo, synthesizers, bass, guitar, and we all sing, by the way, too. Yeah, yes. very it. important. Yeah. yeah, it is. That's it what is you important. heard earlier. Uh, Harmonies. Yeah. Harmonies. Uh, so the first time that I saw you guys was busking, uh, I believe, on Bedford. Yeah. Uh, and then also on First and First, on that little area and i was like huh you are i think one of the three bands that i stopped to watch ever in busking that was not like you're standing next to me while i'm waiting for my train so and i was like but i'm like what are the odds of ever finding out who this band is you know and i don't want to ask because you guys are playing uh but then yeah so that i know well that's my that's my own fault that would it could have been a misconnection however brooklyn vegan day show at pianos during cmj you guys killed it. Favorite thing that I saw uh, during CMJ. Uh, and then I harassed your manager, Andrew, for about a month and a half to have you guys on the show. So here we are. Uh, Thank you. Uh, so tell, me, tell us what you've been up to since CMJ. You guys are 
record signings, things, big deals. Uh, yeah, all kinds of stuff happened since CMJ. We did our very first tour, um, which was very empowering. And um, you know, the whole idea of touring, like we had this hypothetical notion in our head that we might like actually uh, be able to tour. Um, but it was kind of daunting. And so we went out for our first uh, six weeks tour. And it was like full perimeter of the US and a little bit in Canada. And um, we kind of learned what that's all about. And um, I think we came out on the better end of it. So we did that. And that was um, opening for, for Fan Farlow, a yeah. British band. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not a band, mad band to open cool. for. Actually. No, no. Yeah. I mean, that was, it, was, it was really wonderful. Now, uh, you know, for those who uh, who haven't seen you, it's a very interesting um, setup. You guys sort of play, uh, it's not like staggered like most bands. You guys sort of play like in a horizontal line. And um, you guys talk about like how you developed your live show and like the switching of instruments and things like that. Um, I guess, well, the switching of instruments was, was more of a kind of um, like a to enhance the show. <laughs> yeah, necessity, but also like enhance the show. It makes the show more interesting. You like watch a band just playing the same instruments the whole time. It kind of gets a little stale so kind of like switch around kind of and uh makes the live show a little bit uh interesting to watch the, i think the idea also too is that like so our writing process is really i think different than a lot of bands because we don't we don't write out of like a uh, um, rehearsal space we write or at least with this first project we it was more in like a recording space so um, if you're just laying down a lot of instruments sometimes when it comes to like playing them live it's going to be like more convenient to um, play certain instruments based on who's singing and who's doing what. So there's like this whole, there's this whole duality of like doing it. I mean, certainly there's like the component of like it being cool to see in a show, but also like it'd be really, it'd be really difficult to do some songs, um, like having a certain person singing, playing a certain instrument. So it's like, there's a, there's a practical element to why we switch the instruments around. So you mentioned, so Doris, you said you're Queens native. Yeah. Um, and the rest of you guys are here for two years, so how did, George, did you play in bands here? And how did um, you guys all meet? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I used to, well, I've been, I've been playing uh, music m my whole life. I started off singing uh, when I was, uh, I think, seven. I used to sing with my, my best friends, Natalie and Nicole, Nina Sky, and um, they moved uh, to Roosevelt Island, and I picked up the drums around 13, and I started an all-girl band. Um, which which carried on for two years, and then I started playing guitar, then bass, then I'm looking for a band, and uh, now I'm here with the freelance whales. Yeah. Nikki, um, tell them about the Doxies. Tell them oh, about the that. Doxies. Yeah, I was in an all-girl band uh, for two years. I played drums, and it was pretty wild. We got to open up for Luna Chicks at um, Continental when that was still around. Wow. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, yeah, that's all. That was your official I was there yeah. moment of the show today. What, what she's not telling you is that she used to play the drums like um, like a little badass with her jaw wired shut. Oh my god. Wow. Yeah, I was just bring that up. It's yeah. awesome yeah. though. She's like she's like Kanye behind the drum kit. And, and then the two chicks up front would play shows uh, topless, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would play well, three girls. I was the only one who w was shy about it. But they were like raging lesbians, so <laughs> it was cool, you know. They were they were totally all about it. But we actually ended up playing in Greenpoint um Greenpoint when you know, when it wasn't really all it is right now, so it was it was really interesting to see the scene develop, and I, I'm really lucky I got to experience that. Uh, so you're from Queens. Favorite place to go eat in Queens? Mm. Opa. 
What is that? It's a Greek restaurant. They have the best gyros. Ne right next to, well, actually, the best gyros. Well, uh -oh. BZ Grill <laughs> is competition for Opa, but Opa is on 31st Street, right under the train station, 30th Avenue train stop on the end. It's really good. The best Greek avgo lemon soup I've ever had. Sweet. So why don't we have you guys play a song? Oh. Come back, we'll talk about the release, the digital release, the upcoming tour tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do what you call like a walkout. So we're gonna say stuff while you guys get ready. Check this out. Yeah. Uh, so you That's have been listening to <laughs> Snacky Tunes on HeritageRadioNetwork.com. Very excited. Freelance Wales in the studio setting up for another song. Big shout out to uh, Roberta's, uh, you know, Meatball Throwdown at the Meat Hook this Friday. Um, and uh, Jack Inslee and Rectech for helping us sound so, so awesome. And to uh, Whole Food Market for uh, taking up the reins and uh, being our sponsor this week. If you haven't heard of Whole Foods, you are living in Iraq or you are very dedicated to the local our movement. Um, I'm Terry Diabolic. To the uh, right of me is DJ Never Forget. And this is uh, Freelance Whales live on Snacky Tunes. Take it away, guys.
fantastic. You are listening to Snacky Tunes that is just free once I was live. Thanks, guys. Thank this you. is awesome. We're going to bring you, come back right by the microphones. We're going to ask you a few more questions and then you're going to play us out. Uh, what was the name of that song? That was called Starring. Uh, and is that anywhere for me to buy in a pre recorded format? Uh, it is currently available on iTunes, but it will be further available in a hard copy, both of the uh, archaic compact disc and the even more archaic vinyl. My goodness. Um, that is on March 16th via French Kiss Mom and Pop Records. I, I feel like you guys are going to do a lot of vinyl sales. You got, oh, you, got, you, got, you got that sound of the type of people who are like, I want this on record. Oh. Who's, doing, who's doing the artwork? What do we got? Oh, well, so there's a lot of artwork involved in the record. And it's something we've had for a little while now. Um, my, my girlfriend um, was Shut kind up. enough <laughs> to donate this sort of hand sewn cover that she did. And it's like kind of like a little pastoral landscape um, with a sunset and this little house on it, which is actually a house out there in the real world. Um, this little uh, Japanese tea house. Um, and so she did the cover art. And then some. You can, you can say her name. She's an artist. Her name's Erin Kennedy. She's actually an architect, so this isn't the kind of thing she normally does. <laughs> oh, who was that? That's a good kiss sound. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was terrorist. You guys. I thought that was terrorist. I was like, that is so unprofessional. <laughs> we don't need that sound bank. We just need vans in here. <laughs> How is Doris blushing from this? <laughs> uh, she kind of looks like that. Um, in any case, so there's that, and then there's also um, some really beautiful illustrations on the booklet on the inside, done by a um, a Chilean illustrator named Joaquin Cochina. That's awesome. So yeah. we got a. So that's a while between now and then. I guess you could buy iTunes, but if I wanted to see you, where would I go? If you wanted to see us play live? Yeah, and I, like- and I wasn't like wandering around the freezing cold. Are you guys still busking now? It's a little cold for that. Yeah. We have it, we've been out of town so much. Wait a second, I now have a legit, because like, do you just set up or do you actually have to go through proper permits? We just set up. Yeah, okay. it's kind of gorilla style. <laughs> um, okay, um, so you guys have uh, been out of town and you're going out of town again tomorrow. Yeah. Where are you going? Well, uh, going to Cleveland. Yes. Cleveland, Chicago, <laughs> Indiana. We're gonna have some skyline Pittsburgh. chili. Oh, are you really? You're gonna get so. the um, what are those hot dogs? The cheese conies. Oh, that would be lovely. Yeah. Do you know what those are? Yeah, let's just talk about food. Talk cheese conies, because uh, I went to Cleveland first time last February. Cheese conies. Actually, I take that back. I'm gonna stop because I'm thinking about Cincinnati. Oh, <laughs> no. Anyway, so, Anyway, so what do you guys, when you guys are on the road, uh, since there's five of you, mm-hmm. how does the process of eating break down? Is there, is there a, f- a food leader or do you go your separate ways? <laughs> oh, so, oh, pop, come on in, pop right up. So what's the food process? Hit me. Well, I like to buy fresh produce and the guys like to eat whatever's available. So I'll hold on. That's true. That's a lie. It's That's true. a lie. That's a lie. You just want yogurt and apples and we want like lots of different local things. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's a big you said call. you said lots of local things. Are you talking about like just restaurants or? Uh, I, yeah, I'd kind of like to find like the the local place um, or diner or you know it doesn't have to be like organic local right. ingredients. But yeah. but uh, like in Pittsburgh, there's this place called Pamela's that had the best pancakes I've ever eaten in my life. Um, and I hope to visit there again when we're in Pittsburgh on sometime this weekend. Last time I was in Pittsburgh too, and I cannot remember, but they have the sandwich there. It's like a small chain, and it's like sandwich fries. 
and coleslaw on a thing. If you just ask anybody, it's like, where's the place with the sandwich and the fries and coleslaw? Because that's how I was told to ask me it there. <laughs> I cannot. I'm pretty sure you can just go. I'm looking for the sand, and they just cut you off. <laughs> like, okay. um, so, uh, best meal on the road. What you guys? What do you guys oh, memorable? Goodness. Probably New Orleans, right? Yeah. Would oh, you? Yeah, would you have in New Orleans? It was pretty good. Alligator. A little bit. Everything, yeah. A little bit. Yeah, it was like kind of a. Big sampler. Sampler. Yeah, we, we ate alligator. frogs. And How was it? It, it was a little like chicken. <laughs> it like tastes like chicken. chicken. Uh, it, you know, it, it, it really is the true, like, tastes like chicken joke, but alligator really does taste. Yeah. It looks like, like the chicken, The texture too. is a little bit more like lobster, though. Yeah. It's kind of strange. It's good, but they usually spice it up. Really? I can't eat lobster, so now I'm going to go have to have alligator. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. But yeah. I feel like, I feel like yeah, like the alligator and like monkfish, too, sometimes. Yeah, like definitely. Texture. I love it. Um, So you guys are going all over, and when are you playing New York next? Oh, Wednesday the twentieth at Mercury Lounge. Headlining, opening. Headlining. Boom. Boom. You know what? First headlining. So almost sold out. I think Ticketweb, right? Yeah, it's on Ticketweb. Ticketweb. Listen, uh, you're gonna want to see them at the Mercury before. Uh, was it? So I guess February next year, Terminal Five, three sold out. Uh, it'll be March, Terminal Five, headlining sold out. So <laughs> see them now because just tra- trajectory just goes. Whoop. Uh, especially now that we've put our stamp yeah <laughs> um, by the way that place was Permanti Brothers when you go back there's like a bunch of them I'm telling you it's unbelievable Permanti Brothers. Brothers I mean we might talk before then who knows who knows nice. who knows um, so anything else because we're going to have you guys play one more song and we're getting dangerously close to anything you want to say oh man well thank you so much for having us oh our pleasure Thanks yeah. for pizza. Oh uh, well, that's Roberta's. Yeah, the pizza oh, thanks, is Roberta's. great, and the artichoke—that was artichoke, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, great. I guess I guess the last thing too to say is that that show what we were just talking about at Mercury, we'll be playing with another band that we really love called Animal Tropical, who are somehow virtually unknown, but they're incredible. Well, that's what happens. You, know, from Miami you get to get bigger, and then you get to bring your friends along. Yeah, it's weird because they're not even our friends. We just think they're so good. <laughs> oh. We actually we, we hate those guys. We just like the music. We're not our friends yet. <laughs> Wait, and what was there was and we were gonna see we were gonna have them DJ, but the live stuff was so good and it's already set up. Uh, there was another band you wanted to shout out. What was that band? You just the CD you just handed me, Paul. Local yeah, natives. Was that shout hey, them out. Local natives. Hey, local natives. Well, so check French kiss with They're us. like new <laughs> label mates of ours, and they have a really beautiful record called Gorilla Manor that's out in what February? February sixteenth. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So we're gonna February have you. Sixteenth. So we're gonna have you guys um, set up for one more song. Uh, all of this will be available on our podcast, and you can stream this on Heritage Radio Network. And we'll probably rip the MP3s and work with Paul to just kind of get these out there too. How's that sound, Paul? We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll get these to you. This is this is great. I know, oh, don't say. If you like this, yeah. their live show is, is all too different. So this is nice for all you fans of like the live acoustic stuff because it's recorded. And yes, yeah, next week on the show we have Yacht doing a mixtape and I believe a call-in from Outer Space. What do you say? And we have food guest is always a mystery. The food world is... Um, oh, and also we will be talking next week a little bit more. Uh, we had mentioned it. Uh, two weeks ago about D'Artagnan's 25th anniversary. We didn't get to it today, but uh, we have the list of programming. All I got to say is they have a $600 dinner with a combined of like 32 Michelin star chefs. It's a, it's something uh, it's it's something your stomach uh, can dream of. 
anyway, so you are listening to Snacky Tunes uh, with Freelance Whales live in the studio. You can pre-order their album on InSound right now. It's out in March. They're playing the Mercury Lounge on the 20th. Uh, it is awesome. Thank you to Whole Foods for sponsoring the show. Jack Kinsley, Rec Tech, as always, making us sound good. Uh, we are Finger on the Pulse. This is Snacky Tune. Once again, Freelance Whales. Thanks for having us. What's the song called? Hilo Jewels. to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. 
Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right-hand side of our homepage. Thanks for listening.